The Evolve Pod is brought to you by TriSwimCoaching.com. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Evolve Pod. This is episode 29 and I'm really excited to bring you this episode because it's a ridiculous challenge that uh, some, well, a couple of people that I've, I've met over the last few years and some colleagues and friends of theirs are undertaking a huge, huge physical and mental challenge of endurance. So we've got Wing Commander Phil Holdercroft, Wing Commander Sonny Rowe, Flight Lieutenant Cy Berry, Flight Lieutenant Chris Carrington-Smith. And these guys are undertaking the world's toughest row, the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, racing against 36 other crews more than 3,000 miles from the Canary Islands to Nelson's Dockyard in Antigua and Barbuda, setting out on the 12th of December, which as of today is six days' time. I've read up on this and the teams will be battling 40 foot waves, 35 knot winds and 40 degree heat, as well as sleep deprivation, salt sores and physical fatigue. So, you know, I'm kind of getting a bit of goosebumps just talking about that because it sounds absolutely crazy. And um, I really want to sort of find out a little bit more about this challenge and what got you into it. But first of all, I know you've kind of traveled to San Sebastian over the last few days. What's the atmosphere like over there, guys? Uh, it's awesome. So we've got the, all the other boats in the boat park. They're all prepping up. Everyone's getting ready for the race. Uh, boats are launching today. So today's been fantastic in just terms of everyone helping each other out, just getting on the water, and everyone's super excited to, uh, to get out there. So it's, it's been a fantastic event uh, so far, uh, and we've only got you know, six days left until we until we start. So six days to go. Do you feel like is there a lot of camaraderie between the between the thirty six teams and crew? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went out with the, the Swiss guys, Swiss Raw. We went out and did a bit of a workout with them in the park yesterday morning, had them over for breakfast. We're going out with another team tonight in deep ship to uh, to go and have some food. So it's just really nice meeting meeting other people, seeing their backstories and uh, and just getting to know them all. So it's been really good. Cool. I mean, in terms of a, a, of a race, I know I've, I've sort of reading up on your biographies, like you guys are all quite experienced or very experienced in quite a lot of extreme endurance racing whether that's sort of you know triathlons or adventure racing or ultra marathons etc sometimes when in the kind of racing environment it is sort of uber competitive is there that sense of it, it, where you are now about to kind of start off on this amazing adventure is that sense of kind of like the racing side of it doesn't really matter it's more the sort of the challenge that we've all set ourselves on how we can help each other how does that kind of sit with you and the teams uh, yeah, I think it's it's really it's really interesting actually because uh, I think all the teams have sort of sat down and uh, done a lot of work at, set, at setting individual goals sort of within themselves. Making it one of the big part when we chose the crew is you know your goals are kind of aligned, so it, you don't get any of that kind of um, disparity when you're on the boat. And so okay, we had a long talk about uh, the details about that, and um, we're we're innately competitive people though. And I think as this as this uh, twelve days pre race has built, we we always essentially wanted to give a good account of ourselves, do the best we can, control the things we can control, and then um, and just being in this in the atmosphere of Lagomero, like each day that passes, you know, we're we're more excited about the racing element. I think that sort of competitive element, and it, it is a it is a really healthy competitive spirit. And there's obviously several different kind of classes. You've got solos, pairs trios fours and one five this year and so there's all these races within races and there is that sizing people up in the boat park but it's very friendly it's, it's very collaborative but you know i think as we get nearer to that kind of launch day it's going to be uh, it, 
it's definitely going to be a race. Yeah. Nice. I think there's a, a great aspect about ocean rowing that is still in its infancy. So we don't really know how the race is going to pan out, how we're each going to perform within it, and other crews don't know. So there's there's a great uh, feeling in the boat path, going around, chatting to other guys, trying to find out what's, what techniques or uh, tactics they're going to use in terms of their sleep patterns or uh, you know, just kit set up. And so we can bounce their ideas off them uh, and you know, just learn and adapt to each other. So because it's it's not quite got to the elite uh, stage where we're you know, down to um, looking at point one, ga- point one and not games, it's it's still trying to take all that on. And uh, and so people are really friendly and, and passing the information around. So it's, uh, it's a great atmosphere to be in. Cool. I, mean, I like what Sai said about the uh, controlling the controllables. And I think, you know, if you've, if you've got that in place where you've controlled everything that you can, then I suppose you can kind of turn your head towards the racing side of it a little bit more because essentially what will be will be. And I think we'll get into it in a little bit with all four of your experience, both professionally and personally in what you do. I think you've probably got the skill sets and the mindsets between you to kind of face anything that's literally thrown your way. Um, but how did this all come about? Yeah, you know, it's... Um, it's a really big challenge. Is it something any of you have kind of considered previously? How did it? How did this sort of concept start? So I think the team that we all aspire to take on big challenges. You know, we like setting goals which really push yourselves, and, and the end result is not guaranteed. And, and that is definitely the case with this one. I guess from a personal perspective, um, I, I was driven to try and look for a charity which helped um, help support my family circumstances. So the sort of background is uh, my youngest daughter, Isla, had leukemia uh, at just 22 months old. And I felt powerless as a father to try and support. I had to basically just allow the NHS miracle workers to to work with Isla. But I, I yearned to do something positive. I really wanted to do something to pay back to some of the incredible charities which supported Isla and our family through that. And I realized that I could use my, my passion for endurance sports to try and do some good. So uh, over the years, I, I, she, she needed to be in remission for five years to be cured. I tried to pick out some challenges, uh, each one you know, designed to allow me to try and connect with Isla. They had to be on the edge of the possible. You know, they had to be something which genuinely scared me. Uh, and the idea being that I could throw my heart into it and... And these were challenges where I poured everything in and did my utmost. Uh, and these challenges got bigger and bigger. Uh, and the final one is, is this Atlantic row. And, and I wanted to search for some friends who could come with me on this journey. Uh, I'm so lucky to have Sai, Sonny and Chris who share this vision. They've got behind the charity and they want to push themselves, not just for their own personal pursuit, uh, but support this incredible charity. So I guess that's how it came about, uh, and, and we're all totally committed to this challenge. I mean, there's loads of stuff to take from that. I mean, first of all, obviously, it's great to hear of Isla in 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 great health. That's just incredible, and it's really kind of inspiring to hear that you know someone so young and so fragile has come out of something horrendous and come out fighting the other end, fighting fit, and that you know that's so great for you and your family. It's it's you know I've got kids now, and I touch words you know we never have to go through something like that and I can see the smile on your face being now in a position as a father who's got you know this beautiful healthy lovely child who's good to go for the rest of her life and that's that's just amazing um 
I'm a big fan of finding out people's reasons why. And I think you very eloquently hit the nail on the head of your, your reasons why of getting into this challenge. But just to put things into perspective, you talked about some of the, you know, you've challenged yourself to do some other things, you know, through the last five years. Which was the first challenge and how big was that to put things into perspective to now, you know, today sitting here six days away from an, an Atlantic row? Sure. So I guess my, my first passion is triathlon. Yeah, I guess that's how we met, Ali. Yeah, you that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me in the pool with hypoxic breathing <laughs> uh, and, and running. So um, my, my first challenge, year one, that was the Jurassic Coastal Challenge, which is a, a multi-day a triple marathon, so a marathon each day on the Jurassic Coast, which is, is pretty horrendous in terms of profile. Um, and then it got bigger each year. That, that was part of the deal. They, they had to get harder each year and you had to put everything on the line. Uh, so year two was a 100 kilometer race to the stones. Then year three, uh, that was a 100 mile uh, foot race on a trail in, in America. Definitely midway through that one, I thought I might have got the trajectory a little bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the penultimate one uh, was was back to my triathlon roots. That was Ultraman Florida, and that's a, a ten-kilometer swim into it's a uh, in total it, it's two hundred and seventy miles worth of, of cycling, and then a, a double marathon to, to finish off. Uh, and then, then this is the big one. This, this is where I needed the A team with me to to get to the finish line. And and I guess another question for you, for you, Phil. What do you value on the support of the three lads you've got next to you there? How much does that mean to you? Oh, it, it means everything. So I, I guess the, the whole journey with Isla, uh, we recognised very early on as a family, we couldn't get through it without the support of of friends and family. Uh, whether it's a meals on wheel service when we're in hospital, we, we needed that support. And, and so this this is the, I guess, the elegance of, of the final challenge. It's, it's calling on that support, which I need, but also, yeah, I guess, a shared vision. We, we want this for, I think, the same reasons individually, but we all get behind uh, our, our charity Starlight. Uh, and, and it's just great to have that collective higher purpose, which which bonds the team. That's um. Do you th- do you think having something like Starlight there that you're you're raising money for? Do you think that kind of uh, how much more does that pull the four of you together compared to if you've just gone, hey guys, do you fancy doing the Atlantic? Should we do that as a team? Yeah, let's give it a crack. How much more does the reason your reasons why? How much more inspiration and and sort of strength does that bring you? I think it starts to make it a bit more extrinsic, doesn't it? What the, the reason we're all trying to do this rather than just for our own purpose. It's, uh, it's, it's something bigger that we can all hang on to. So when times get tough, you know, you're doing it for a, a greater purpose, which um, pretty sounds a bit corny, but, it, but, it's, but it's true. When you're, you're working hard, you're not just going, I'm suffering and I, I want this to end. There, there's something bigger that you're aiming for. And, uh, and yeah, I've definitely fallen on that a few times and I'm, I'm guessing the other guys have as well. Yeah. Okay, so... You know, so so you guys are very experienced, as we've alluded to, in terms of, of what you've done in in previous challenges. You know, triathlons, ultra marathons. Uh, you know, you name it. One of you guys has probably had a crack at it. How do you train for something so huge? You know, three thousand miles, um, two hours on, two hours off. You know, you've you've all got families and lives and jobs. How do you? How have you spent the last? I don't know. 18 months or however long it's taken 
getting used to that sort of a, a sort of time scale every day you know you're going to sleep for two hours get up row for two hours is there you know how have you managed to kind of get your heads around that and then also get your bodies prepped for that so in terms of how how you go about training for it i'll, I'll be honest i don't think again like chris says i don't think anyone really knows because it's yeah. again still in its infancy in, in, for the sport so there's no optimum training um there are clearly people that have done it and they're they're happily offer advice or you can get them to coach you etc so we we had a bit of a, a crack at coming up with some training programs and and I think when people initially think about rowing the ocean they think about getting on an ergo and doing you know three hours a day on an ergo and and that was you good um, as a good base and there's definitely some truth in that but it's it's a very different challenge to going and doing river rowing and having your 2k time down at you know six minutes six minutes thirty whatever it happens to be so you need to be pretty robust to do this because you've got to last 30 plus days out there um, and there's a lot of weight. There's um, a lot of forces coming from, you know, not the same directions that you'd, you'd normally get when you're in a, in a river boat. So we've been doing a lot of flexibility. We've been doing a lot of uh, unilateral exercises, been doing a lot of um, weightlifting just to try and build our bodies up as much as we can and make them as robust as possible. Um, but we've also been spending time on the ergo as well. So we were very lucky that last year, um, I was actually deployed with uh, the squadron that I'm on, and we met a, a adventure training instru- instructor, physical training instructor in the military, Luke Horrocks, and he is really big on not just you know going and doing circuits or routine training. He's really into the human performance optimization. So it's the whole whole shebang of you know mental sleep, nutrition, everything that goes with it as well. And um, he's he's actually coming out tonight actually to come and join us so he's been training us for the last year or so uh, and offering a lot of advice offering a lot of team dynamics workshops uh, um, which I think is going to be a huge part of it as well outside of physical training so ultimately we've been doing a bit of everything trying to make ourselves as robust as possible um, and uh, and we'll be able to tell you hopefully in about six weeks time whether or not it's paid off (laughs) well I think an open-ended question what did you learn (laughs) in six weeks time I think we'll get you know a lot of different answers from you all Um, I think in anything in any challenge that anybody undertakes I think it's very important that you do you know control the controllables and get yourself as prepped as physically and sort of mentally as possible I guess the difference between most challenges and what you're doing is 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 kind of the uh it's, there's four of you on a very small boat in a small space so you, you must obviously get on very well t- together you must know each other very well you must have spent a lot of time together you know to kind of prepare yourselves for that what you know the, the, these boats don't have much facilities you know, uh, you know apparently there's you know no toilets you'll have a bucket each <laughs> and uh, what about cooking how do you how are you going to cook food is there someone who's got responsibility for the food how is that going to work uh, so, so essentially, like, um, I mean, Sunny, Sunny basically uh, prepped all the nutrition plan for, um, you know, all the essentially for the for the four of us. Um, we're basically planning on burning six thousand calories a day. They've had a look at um, sort of empirically what's happened to the guys on previous voyages for a kind of uh, average crew of four. Generally, you're going to lose about ten percent of your body weight. That's that's what people do. And when we train, we really looked at our kind of what weights we wanted to be coming on this, and I think old school people put weight on because they knew they were going to lose some but actually then you've got extra weight on your seats um, and, and this voyage is really about uh, if you can avoid declining it's managing that kind of gradient of decline on this voyage so it's a really interesting project of it's not just the physical part it's not just the nutrition um, but essentially um, we've 
we've got food for, I think we're burning it at 60 calories per kilo, isn't it, for today? So it works out it's about 6,000 calories kind of um, ratcheted for all of our different body weights. Um, we're taking 44 days of kind of freeze-dried rations and snack packs really to keep like variety and morale is going to be key. And food is your your kind of driver of morale on that boat. We had a lot of chats and decisions about weight-saving measures. But really, if we're looking forward to eating, um, that's going to benefit us in the long run. It's going to keep us healthier. It's going to keep morale up. And ultimately, it's going to, it's going to mean that we'll, we'll be able to manage that greater decline the best. But um, everything we cook up really is either ready to eat to go when we just get out the snack pack or we're using um, uh, gas uh, heater so there's the boil water rehydrate the rations and we have a contingency supply of some wet rations on board in case we have some kind of mechanical failure or issue where we can't rehydrate those rations and that's worked into the safety plan under the race structure basically to allow us to continue to eat in a safe manner okay and yeah i mean food food's an integral part of of endurance challenges you know, obviously it gives you the nutrition and the, and the energy that you need to, to perform. But like you said, it's so important that you eat food that you want to look forward to eating because that just makes you feel good. And I, I, I can you know, safely say there's probably going to be some tough days for you guys out on the boat. And, you know, just having that simple little treat that is going to put a smile on your face will just really lift the mood. And like you say, that keeping that morale high is going to be super important. Uh, so then how big is the boat? How, how long is the boat? So it's, uh, the boat's 28 foot long. Um, it's got it's got two sleeping compartments, one at the bow, one at the stern. Uh, the bow, bow sleeping compartment is slightly bigger, um, and stern one is a little bit tighter. And your sort of sleeping area goes underneath the rowing deck. Uh, but um, yeah, it's not it's like five foot wide as well, so it's not a not a lot of space. And I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head when talking about who's who's doing what in jobs uh, because of the physical size of it and. The fact that you're going up against Mother Nature, uh, you know, we've mentioned 40 foot waves easily. Um, the the teamwork side of stuff is so, it's, it, that's the difference, the defining thing of this challenge. I think it's the teamwork that's going to make or break it. Uh, you know, as I mentioned to you, you're managing decline as you're going across. We've done everything we can do to physically prepare it, uh, prepare ourselves, but then you just need to make sure that the team are working um, Together, we're all supporting each other. We're all dealing up the, the tasks, the cooking food when we feel we've got spare capacity, trying to get to sleep when we can do so you can get back on the oars and perform on the oars. Um, and just uh, managing ourselves and conducting ourselves appropriately on the boat so that we've said one of our main aims is we get to the other side and we're all good mates. Uh, we're still all good mates. And, uh, and we've, we feel like we've given a good account of ourselves. So the physical size of the boat, you know, just brings everything together. It's like living in one room with uh, four mates and the stressful conditions, each going through different highs and lows at different points and just trying to support each other uh, through it. So your world is 28 foot long, five foot wide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of space, is it? But then it's also like, you know, when you're talking about the 40 foot waves and, and things like that and some of the, the, the tough days, equally... I really hope you guys get some incredible days where the sea is, you know, nice and smooth. You get a nice like, bit of tailwind to help you move and just really have those days that, you know, as much as you might face some massive storms, you might also face some really peaceful, tranquil days where you can just be four mates on a boat in the middle of the ocean having an absolute blast. Like, well, well that's an absolutely brilliant life opportunity. And I'm sort of, when I think about it like that, I think, 
well, I'm a little bit jealous of what you guys are going to do. Um, that's incredible. And I think, so obviously we're, we're all, you're all from the RAF, from the military. Um, I guess a question that a couple of you might want to chip in on on the answer, but how, you know, through the years that you've been working in the military and that lifestyle and the, the experiences you've had, the qualifications you've got, you know, how has that life and experience helped prepare you for this challenge in particular? So, I think we all agree that it's helped. It's put us in a strong position. I think we feel confident that together we can, you know, conquer this uh, pretty audacious goal. It's something that we've never experienced before. It's, it's a new environment. It's new skill sets. But we believe that the, the skills we, we've honed in operations in Iraq and Afghanistan and basic military training, we believe there's going to be a huge amount of transferability. Uh, hopefully the teamwork is going to read straight across, you know, dealing with something which I guess is, is dangerous, is risky, but making calm, considered decisions is, is something which, which we believe we'll be able to do. So even though it is a huge unknown and it is a massive leap of faith, I think there's a belief and there's a confidence and trust in each other. Uh, you know, just as we trust each other in an operational theatre, on that boat, we're going to trust each other in exactly the same way. I think also yeah. preparing to get away is um, is similar to what we've experienced in the past with going around detachments or operations or exercises. It's uh, the family kind of knows the build up to us going away. And you know, some people out here, it may be the first time they've done a couple of months away from their family. Um, and, and don't be wrong, it doesn't get any easier the more you do it. But, um, but it's something with, that we've experienced before. And, it, and it, I think all of us recognize the similar feelings in the lead up to this as we have done previously so it, it is something that we, we know uh, and hopefully are a bit more comfortable with yeah and how do you feel um about you know obviously christmas is around the corner i, I want to kind of sort of bring i hate to bring it up for you guys obviously but what what are you going to miss what are you going to miss about home because you know you're talking about sort of 40 44 days of rations you know you want to hopefully get get across you know well under that what are you going to miss about, you know, your normal lives when you're out at sea? Well, always miss a Christmas, especially Christmas family. Um, say just being around our friends and family at, at Christmas. It's, it, we've all been away, uh, been deployed at Christmas before. And as Sunny says, it never gets any easier. Uh, and I suppose at Christmas time, it's just um, even more in focus that uh, how much you value your family and friends. So that's, that's going to be all, undoubtedly the toughest thing. Um, and you know we're just we're trying to work around that just by communicating with each other. Uh, we've got sat planes we can uh, plane back on Christmas Day and uh, and try and get a little bit of morale back uh, from the team. But you know we also need to taper that that you phoning home. It, whilst it's it's lovely to connect, it might also bring back those emotions and, and make you feel low at the end of it because you are it makes you realise that separation. So um, yeah, we will be supporting each other um, and, uh, and helping each other get through those. Uh, through those lay patches but as you say we're going to have some amazing experiences out there and sharing those experiences with each other and then equally with our families we get home it's something to look forward to so um yeah homecoming is always good amazing there's such a strong element of team teamwork coming coming off this conversation coming from you guys and for the benefit of the listener we're recording this over zoom unfortunately i'm not in uh, the canary islands and um you, i can just see on on the screen you know there's the the nodding the, the knowing nods and, and looks at each other you know like these guys really do have each other's backs and they they obviously know each other very 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 well and are set up 
you know, ideally to have a really good crack at this at this challenge. Um, I, I want to bring it back to to Phil, your reasons why and the Starlight Charity. You know, using your daughter's story as a as a kind of a bit of an example, can you give us a little bit more information about Starlight and, and what they do for 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 children who are going through some some horrible horrible times? Sure. So I guess back in 2014, when when Isla uh, was initially diagnosed, incredibly dark times. Uh, I think mental resilience. Uh, I was as close to breaking point as I've ever been in my life. Everything, all the bravado which I, I thought I had from military training, it, it just showed me that that only <laughs> only went so far. This was something totally new, um, and, and I felt really, really at my lowest ebb. Um, and it was charities like Starlight which, which absolutely came to our rescue. Uh, Starlight specialises in providing play and fun in the hospital environment, but also they they granted wishes for ill and terminally ill children. Uh, and Isla was was able to uh, make a wish, and she she wished she could meet Santa Claus. Uh, and and Starlight uh, provided a once in a lifetime trip for us, uh, taking our family and many others out to Lapland uh, to meet Santa. And at the time, it it just galvanised us as a family. It gave us a goal to aim for. We had two and a half years of treatment to get through, and it and it kept us committed. We saw end in, in sight and it helped us get through that. Uh, so I and my family were eternally grateful and, and we've just felt compelled to do as much as we could for Starlight. So Starlight was definitely chief among the charities that we wanted to pay back. Uh, and hence the big challenge, which, which is this one, the, the final five year challenge, uh, Starlight was the obvious choice for that. Um, and we want to raise as much money as we can and uh, I guess for me, um, the only other thing I'd add is uh, previously when I've, I've raced, uh, I've always raced for myself. But being able to do something for, for Isla, for a charity like Starlight, it's just a whole nother level of experience. You know, I, I don't feel nervous on the, st on the start line. I don't feel the fear because I know it's not about me. It, you know, I, I feel like I can't fail because it's, it's for Isla, it's for friends, it's for family, it's, it's for a charity. Uh, so it, it's a powerful feeling. And, and I, I just hope as a, a crew, we, we can all feel that way going into this. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really great to hear how, you know, you know, really tapping into your intrinsic reason why just gives you a whole nother level of performance and mindset and, and peace as well. You know, the fact that you can sit there and say, you, you know, you're just, wholeheartedly looking forward to this challenge is amazing it's really really cool and i think char charities have had a really tough time over the last couple of years with fundraising because of you know the reasons that everybody knows about so the fact that you guys are you know pushing your bodies and minds and souls to the limit to, to raise money for these awesome awesome charities and the people that really need it it's, it's so good to hear and um you know we're, we're behind you all the way what does the, the you've got six days to go what does the six days look like? I mean, I'm sure there's only, only so many times you can check a boat over, right? <laughs> what, what, that, we, we, we can spend a lot of time polishing the boat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've said, yeah. I've got, following your Instagram, there's some there's some good, good, good footage on there, yeah. So what, yeah, so yeah. six days to go, you know, final checks? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, um, we launched the boat this morning, which is great. And it's, you know, when the boat 
touched water today. Uh, that was a fantastic feeling, and uh, and it, it felt real then. That's when um, you know we we realised that we were, we're about to embark on this journey. So um, after three years of planning, this is uh, this is actually it. So uh, fantastic moment. Um, we've just got the last few little tweaks to do in the boat. Um, so it's just you know making life easy for ourselves. It's all packed already. We could we could go tomorrow if we needed to. Um, but we'll just spend the, the time feffing away. Um, and then this, as uh, Sonny said, we've got Luke uh, coming out tonight. So he's been training us uh, and it's just going to help us focus as a team and work on uh, the little bit of team dynamics because um, we are actually, despite the fact we've known each other for three years now, most of our relationship and this, the build up to this has been over Zoom. Um, and uh, we've, we're gonna, we've actually only been together as a team maybe a handful of weeks prior to this. So these two weeks in Lagomera have been fantastic in terms of galvanizing us as a, as a unit. Um, and uh, I think when Luke gets out here as well, and we've got Dave uh, Bennett, who's going to be our short party lead, he's going to be feeding all the media and stuff back um, from us, from the, um, from the ocean. So we've got a whole, whole team together and they'll just be working, uh, okay, talking about how, what, how we're feeling, what we're experiencing um, and how we think we're going to perform out there. Uh, and just trying to be as open and honest with ourselves. Um, I think the equipment's good to go. We just need to uh, get our minds in the right place, ready to ready to slip out on Sunday. Nice. Do you know it's really refreshing to hear? Um, you know, a group of guys uh, talking about being open and honest with each other. And I think that's a message. You know, regardless of the challenge that anybody's got upcoming, I think that's a message that guys need to take on board a little bit more. That it's you know, in order to be the best version of yourself. You have to confront openness and honesty to, to get the best attributes of yourself, you know, out there. Um, so it's really refreshing, guys, to hear you talking about that that type of thing as well, and how that's facilitating, you know, what you've what you've got upcoming as a team. That's really really good. So where can people follow? Where can people donate? You know, the important stuff. I, I hope a lot of the listeners are going to get their get their cards out and start donating. I'm certainly am after this after this call. Yeah, where can we follow and donate, guys? Uh, so basically, you can find us on a few sources. Uh, if you go to our website, which is uh, AtlanticFlyers2021.com, uh, you'll see information about the team. Uh, you'll also see uh, the links to start to our charity, Starlight, and where you can donate. Uh, we'll be very grateful if, uh, if people want to go down that route. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well under Atlantic Flyers, and then on Twitter at Flyers Atlantic. Uh, and, and we'll be basically pushing out. We're taking a lot of camera equipment, um, so hopefully going to show you some of that insight to uh, what we're going to do on the challenge. Uh, one of the big things that kind of struck us when we when you hear about this stuff is more people have been to space than have been out and done this Atlantic row, and there's some, there's some amazing things to show and share. And uh, one of the promises um, that we wanted to make to Starlight is um, a couple of video diaries, uh, just kind of, again, that open and honest kind of theme going through the whole thing. If we want to kind of share the experience of warts and all um, and as we go through it uh, with that first we know that first seven or ten days uh, it's going to be very difficult you've got seasickness you've got uh, all that kind of emotion and the reality that you are not gonna go back to port tomorrow um, you're, you're going all the way over to Antigua so um, uh, it should be really interesting and uh, and then when when we watch kind of videos of other teams back you'll see that kind of almost euphoric they have sort of acknowledge their environment they start to thrive in that environment and uh, really really enjoy that solitude and i guess the gratitude that comes from that crossing and being privileged to experience it so 
we're going to be sharing that uh, all on our social media and our short play. You're going to manage that for us um, while we're away. So hopefully there's some interesting things to come. Great. Well, will you guys be up coming on the pod once you've done and dusted this this immense challenge? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, can't, I, I cannot wait to hear the stories that are going to come, come out of this. It's going to be brilliant. Um, hey, we've got six days if you want to come out here and uh, come spend some time with La Gamera. <laughs> could you uh, message my wife Annie and say that it's, it's a must-do thing? That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you're, you're busy preparing everything. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And yeah, I really, you know, on behalf of myself and the listeners, I wish you all the best for this. I don't think you really need my luck, but I, I think you guys are going to have an amazing time an amazing experience i wish you all the best you know the highs and the lows are going to be such a life experience for you to all grow and thrive from and yeah i would i'd love to get you back on once the challenge is done get inside the experience and what it's given you and um that would be really really brilliant the last question i have that's just come to me have you guys slept on the boat yet it's a tricky one right it, it, when you're training in the uk you you end up the coastal waters in the uk are actually really tough so you've got yeah. all the tides to com- compete with you've got the, the wind it's an onshore wind it's really difficult you've got a lot of traffic out there you've got boys you've got wind farms yeah. so we found that training in the uk was i mean hopefully a bit harder over nighttime than we'll be out in the atlantic so at least on the atlantic it's it's a big sea and you're hopefully not going to hit anything so you yeah. get two people on yours and everyone else can get a headstand whereas in the uk nice. you need at least three people on deck so sleep was difficult but uh we've attempted it at least yeah (laughs) nice one well look guys i'll leave you be you get going with the prep and um yeah just enjoy it and uh yeah we'll be in touch in a a, hopefully about a month or so's time nice one and for for everybody listening if you've enjoyed the content please don't hesitate to like it share it and leave a review and i'll be back soon with some more great content for you take care everyone 